about you and your podcast tonight? I do. What do you want to talk about? Never mind, it's going to be a surprise. It's time for Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to learn, and to listen to loud music. We listened to some loud music today, didn't we? We did. That was good. Mm-hmm. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I am Rob Stenzinger. It's your favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> tonight we're going to talk about science. Good, good. Feels <laughs> it, like we showed up to the to the right place. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about science. We're talking about what is it? What is Ooh. science? What's the scientific method? Okay. And what nice. if it goes wrong? Or what if it is wrong? Yeah, okay. Some, uh, I mean, okay, th- this, any, any, let's see. You can get into conversations with folks or notice conversations on the internet where there's, there can be a lot of disbelief about why is science a thing and how is, it, how is that better or different than, than what I think? You right. know, you're just thinking that. That's, that's just someone else's thoughts, not my thoughts. I don't trust it. What, what do you mean, science? Science. Yeah. Three out of four scientists say. Thanks for the money. <laughs> you wrote a little joke there. <laughs> that was you, nice. You like I'd make my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, not just, you know, people with opinions. And I mean, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm thinking about. So, scientists, scientists publishing information and publishing mm. um, sure. their peer, journals. Peer-reviewed science. Well, peer-reviewed right. science or on their way, on on my way to peer-reviewed science. Okay. Um, here's a finding. So rigorous application. Rigorous application, or in the case method. that you know you and I talked about a little bit earlier, um, here's some real science photos. And here are some other photos, and I'm just going to put them all together in a collage, and just maybe, and just let people think what they want to think, right? I mean, it's mm, science trolling. I don't know. Is it science because, trolling? Right? Who knows? Like, I can't ascribe motivation to that thing. You're talking about a thing I saw. Yeah, tell us yeah. about that. Because it really spurred me thinking and, and made me want to talk about this tonight. Uh, okay. Here I was minding my own business. Never. Post. <laughs> you were trolling. You were trolling the net. I don't troll. No, I know. I, I don't, met, I don't I met even know what that means. Like a long time ago. Trolling is, um, I don't have some official definition, but my impression of it is that it's uh, someone interacting I with a Google group, it. with a group or service and a desire to negatively affect the experience of others without any like deeper motivation to try to accomplish something else. Like try sure. to complain. It, it's a, it's not a, it's not a constructive thing. It's a, no, essentially it's not. your pain is my pleasure. That's a troll. Right. And I don't know. So and I, yeah, I'm you being, could not be further from that on the internet, but I have no idea as far as, so you were on the internet minding your own business. Sure. And I, the, I was starting a story. That's all. Oh, using okay. a, you know, just, just, just talking, making, making words to, to, to bring people <laughs> to a situation where I happen to be on Twitter and I, uh, I follow, I'm, you know, a lot of NASA things and I heart NASA. Oh yeah. And there was, there was a post by, by, you know, by someone liked by someone, whatever, and how your, your timeline works on Twitter 
it's not a timeline. Yes, it's things sequenced in an order. There's a list that you can scroll and pull up or whatnot. But the algorithm that brings about the things that puts it puts in front right. in that list for you to keep scrolling, and the, the how it's like putting, you know, stuff on your, um, with, well, what would you call it? Like Not your, sure where you're going. It's a, it's like um it's what would the, what do they call it in a factory the um the belt the conveyor, conveyor belt. belt it's like it's like a conveyor belt of stuff I was gonna say dance card what used to, <laughs> what used to put <laughs> stuff on your conveyor belt was literally time so someone you followed oh, posted something whatever yeah Rob is still upset about the change in the Twitter timeline <laughs> I am <laughs> I am because I followed people for a reason and I whatever if I want to look at what they like then I would go f- look at what they like not have this whatever algorithms people managing products and wanting to right you know right well, we did hey Twitter if you're change. listening we liked the timeline yeah. better before uh, you know Twitter's working to make their product the you know valuable for their investors and and their um, you know people who buy ads on Twitter and fair enough they right that's that's what we all do when we engage in business but Anyway, somehow the this this tweet of I don't think I followed this person showed up in my in my timeline, and it had um, I think four images attached to it. Okay. And they were uh, images from the NASA Juno probe. Oh yeah. Which, when Juno was dipping down. Yeah, which is orbiting Jupiter, and it's orbiting Jupiter. Not flying through Jupiter's atmosphere that I know of, right? I mean, it's not like wasn't it Juno that did the one where? No, that's Cassini. Cassini Cassini. did its yeah, its farewell, which it was that was Saturn also, right? So it was doing its. (laughs) Are those next to each other? Sort of, yes, (laughs) pretty far apart, but like I'm kidding. In order, yeah, I know, right? But Cassini's Uh, the one that was doing its kind of like final flyby and it they it dipped into it tried yeah and i've seen no images related to its final dive right i mean oh i thought we linked to some well let's see i uh, know i don't think so i, I mean i wonder if I, we're talking about two different things i think so we're talking about two different things same, anyway carry we on we are talking about the, the same thing same page we've linked to this in the show notes i don't think we we've talked about the event of the final dive happening but but i don't i haven't gone i while I love NASA, I don't follow it every single day as far as all the, all the awesome stuff that's going on. So maybe there's a final dive photo. I don't know. Anyway, so there's photos that, that uh, Cassini puts out with its instrumentation. No, no. Ah, that <laughs> Cassini, yes, this is true, I think, of both craft. And I don't know exactly the loadout as far as the tech that they're using to observe the planet. But Juno, I don't think it's an actual like photo that represents all the colors you know, that the human eye can see. And, and as far as how we would, how we would see the planet, if our eyes were in that position that the, that that craft is. And, um, but participants in the Juno community, I think publish like their processed photos and put, put, right. send them back to NASA. And yeah. I imagine there's a curation process and what have you. NASA will send the raw data or puts the raw data out and you can go grab it and process it. Mm-hmm. That is very true. So you'll see like versions that are kind of, um, there it's a, it's one of those photos, but it's not that it's not arresting. It's like, Holy moly, that's a planet. It, it looks amazing and I'm excited, but yet it's not necessarily, um, looking like mm, crisp and high contrast mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. deep colored. Right. So 
anyway, the for the photos that come back from the community look amazing. It's right. so yeah, so intense and 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 powerful when you you think of the sort of thumbnail sketch of Saturn of, of Jupiter that you've seen uh, for for years and years. It's 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 majestic and imposing, and it has strong features that are that are so that leave such an impression as far as the bands of the different oh, beautiful. portions of the atmosphere and how they sort of, they swirl a bit and intertwine. And then of course there's the great red eye, but then anyway, these photos blow away any of the, the like a thing I've seen mm-hmm. before. Right. Sure. They're amazing. More colors than the colors that I've uh, blues and whatnot that I've never really associated with Jupiter. So arresting. And then there's a photo mixed in with three of these photos. They're roughly like what I'm describing. Yeah. And then it's like something is not far away from the planet, but sort of lowering into the atmosphere. Okay. And I was like, what? That's exciting. What, what's the deal with this? But as I'm looking at the photo in the lower right, there's a, there's a, uh, like a, a watermark, mm-hmm. right? For Fox, for, no, for a TV station, Cosmos, right? Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, wait, what am I looking at? Like, right? th- then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So some of this like echoed and was trustworthy. You felt like it resonated with what I'd seen before and whatnot. And then there's that image. And then I look back at, at the tweet and look back at um, how others have reshared this and all this stuff and I, I just was boggled and then I looked at the comments and other people happened to notice them notice the same too. thing right saying what is this and had a variety of reactions from it so some being some of the, the internet I'm gonna guess 95% positive exactly just like YouTube comments don't read YouTube comments oh I don't overall I mean okay. yeah there's supportive cool communities here and there right but people you gotta be nice on the internet Let's put love Honestly. out there. Anyway, back right. to science. Plenty of good research about that as well, because I mean, overall, oh, when we abandon point. our identities and we go in this place where it has it's consequence free, and also there's there's not a lot of representation of like there's there's people who are, you know, just learning how to access the internet and have their level of maturity, and then there's people who, whatever. Anyway, there's yeah, comments. I'll shelve that. Um, but a lot, there was a lot of um, negativity, yes, and also the question disbelief right? of like, well, look at this. It this this is from Cosmos. This is all whatever. In all fact, CGI created. I'll double down on this. All you know, essentially, space is a myth. NASA doesn't really do this stuff, whatever. And I was just like, oh my gosh, why am I reading comments? Yeah, you can't read the comments. Curse curiosity. Okay, but let me ask right? you a question. And I quickly ran. <laughs> Okay, but so you're looking at some images. You're like, you know, this is cool. I'm curious about this. Yeah. You have a pretty good BS detector. We've talked about that Maybe. on the podcast before. How do you how do you use that day to day? So you're looking at these images and you see the watermark and you're like, okay, three images that look like they're legit and one that's from a television show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um do you just scroll on by? Do you investigate further? I typically investigate. Yeah? Yeah. And so 
um, we provided some tips in this in this regard with yeah, um, the baloney detection kit episode. Yes, we did. And I I follow roughly that kind of approach where um, something that comes from directly a trustworthy source. If all of those images came from NASA, right? I would likely question them less. Well, and you know, I mean, and I would imagine the tweet would have provided context. Right. That's exactly where I was going. Okay. And the tweet would have provided context. And, you know, there's great um, usefulness and learning and education that can happen with, you know, a CGI generated image of something. I mean, that can be a great thing, but you can't pass it off as, you know, this is an actual photo. You know, I think right. of, um, we've talked about on the podcast before, the virus video. Mm. You know, it literally has like very cool CGI images of the virus and, you know, these proteins, rep- these proteins replicating. <laughs> Fine. I hit my mic stand. That was me. Keep going. <laughs> That's right. It just made me laugh. Your, the look on your face made me laugh. Anyway, um, you know, and that's it, it's good to kind of put those things together to kind of help educate. So I can see there being a purpose for it, but you'd have to have that context. Well, I mean, it it can be the use of your imagination to consider things to investigate. What might it look like? Right. What do we believe? How do we wish to describe what we believe in such a way that we can then go about testing it? And that's a that's an approach that I that I find really useful in a variety of cases. Like I will use that in. In, in doing human-centered user experience research when yeah um, in, in doing an exercise that sometimes is referred to as design fiction. Oh, interesting. What's design fiction? You, I love that term. Um, <laughs> you can consider a scenario and describe it in high detail of what you would imagine would be a great outcome for a potential future of the thing that you're, you're working on creating or inventing or... Um, Imagining oh, in a far improved future state. So you mean fanfic? <laughs> yes. You're designing exactly. a product and you write yourself a little fanfic over it. Yeah, totally. I give myself high marks on my reviews and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that was so fantastic, Rob. Thanks for your input on this project. I'm like, oh, yes, thank you. I try and, you know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I do all sorts of special things with the fictional Rob and whatnot. It's like. Uh, so when it comes yeah. to these images that you saw and the fact that, you know, kind of these images fired us both up, mm-hmm. I think um, we should do exactly what you're talking about. Mm. Should probably launch our own satellite, take our own pictures. Sure. So someday I would imagine that would be feasible. I think for uh, just a, a a reasonably small investment, we can actually launch a camera into the atmosphere of the Earth, right? Uh-huh. That's actually pretty doable. A lot of good YouTube videos about that. Where really? There, there's one where someone actually launched a Hello Kitty and a, and a GoPro with a weather balloon, right? So you can... What do you mean launched a Hello Kitty? They threw it hard. <laughs> <laughs> really hard. Like, like a stuffed animal? Um, I'm trying to recall if it was stuffed. But literally, oh, like it was a little, like a, one of the it was a, plastic it was a smallish Hello Kitty, and they somehow like make made it connected to a GoPro mount something something, and then mounted all that to a weather balloon, and then 
you know, you follow the right procedure and that weather balloon will go really, really high up. And right, okay. to the, right to the edge, I think, of space. But it depends on, like, I, I forget what the definition of, like, when you when you are actually in outer space versus, versus Earth at, atmosphere is, I think, slightly a blurry thing. But Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Now yeah. I'm going to have to research that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a fun one. So here you go. You had a question about a thing, and you can go find sources to go verify that. Right. right? But I also didn't make a spurious, spurious claim. So I would consider... I've made several tonight, but... So when I notice a spurious claim is, well, oh yeah, there's a camera in, in Jupiter's atmosphere and it sent a photo that's watermarked by Fox and Cosmos. <laughs> that's got the scent to it. A smelly one. Smelly one. Smells bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to keep your eye out. You got to pay attention. You got to watch for these things. Um, so there's also the, the cases and the times when, you know science just gets it wrong um okay or the scientific method doesn't work i think back to um so my oldest brother i'm gonna tell a little story my oldest brother um has passed away but when he was alive he was a nuclear engineer he was a fascinating guy very smart um, but i can remember him being very fired up about research on cold fusion okay that turned out to be a bunch of bunk Okay. So don't you remember he sent us a copy? You may remember this. He sent us a copy of the book. Um, uh, what was the name of that thing? Uh, yes, We Have No Neutrons. Yeah. You remember that? I remember so that. So that's a book. Yeah. It's like eight different stories of when science like massively failed. Um, and so it's either like, in some cases it was somebody botched their research and didn't realize it, right? So missed an ingredient, forgot a chemical Right. Um, in some cases it was researchers just super excited about what they were working on and getting a little overzealous with their findings. Um, but in all cases, you know, things getting either media attention or scientific community attention. Mm. Um, and then no one being able, again, scientific method, no one being able to replicate. So that's what happened with the whole cold fusion. And that was the ability to create, you know, great amounts of energy in a, um, room temperature state essentially. And I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to go any further into the details than that. Mm. And, um, you know, a couple of scientists had done a re had done an experiment and, um, had created some energy and couldn't come up with any other explanation as to why. So they were like, this is why. And again, there's more to it than that. I'm uh, super, super sure. glossing. Yeah, I, over. I get it. But what you're describing though, is then, that, do you really see that as the failure of the scientific method? Well, in that case, no one could recreate it. And so, yeah. but you know, their initial research got some attention. Mm -hmm. um, and then as others were trying to recreate it, this is why we love scientific method. They struggled and struggled and were unable to. And that's, that's the key though. Right. So, right. I mean, they're all like what, what happens as far as having, um, very high confidence with covering new territory mm -hmm. that that has to be ex, uh, tested from uh, in, a, in a repeatable way, right? And and so, I mean, sometimes psychology has a challenge with this. I mean, it's, and sometimes... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's been a couple of bumps and bruises in the field of uh, behavioral science, behavioral um, economics, right? Yeah. Yet, um, it there is a lot of utility as well. So 
I don't know, like some things, it depends on like what you're trying to prove, what you're trying to explore. If you're using something that puts you in a position better than having nothing, that's fine. But like, what's the risk? What do you have? Um, what, what are you trying to, to define or explore? Right. And, um, if all like, for instance, I mean, you deal with this all the time. Like you, you, many people I imagine, and including us who are, you know, in this community, you have a job somewhere and like everything we do everywhere in society is not a matter of like scientific method, much less peer reviewed science, much less, you know, have very rigorous and most things are not even black and white, right? So yeah. it, it, it there isn't a, a binary answer oftentimes. And so, right. I mean, so it's not like there's a universal, everything needs to fit the scientific method or it's not of benefit. Right, but yet, right, right. Absolutely. But yet, um, let's see. There's others. I, I, were there, there was probably a different angle you wanted to hit on this too. Like you, were, you wanted you, you wanted me to tell you about the tweet thing that I ran into. Yeah. And then was there something else about that? Like, um, I don't know. I I just was wondering, like, how. Um, hmm. All right, maybe not. Where you 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 run into this kind of thing, I guess, and then you need to, you know, consider how do you. How do you react or and explore or not? Absolutely. Because either approach is fine, right? But for well, me, it's like, well, I am a fan of all these things from NASA. And yeah. Whatnot, and I saw them mixed with something that's not that, yet it was represented as that. Yeah, no, I get it. I think the other thing that I wanted to kind of talk about is, um, I don't know how, how to put this, but why did we want to talk about this tonight? Like, why is this an important topic for us? We've oh, talked about... Because we're that tweet. <laughs> We are, we are that tweet. Hi, we're hey, the I was getting there. I was working up to it, man. Oh, sorry. I you got excited be... <laughs> about your question. In a way. Well, right? I think that wraps us up for tonight. <laughs> no, your question is, is that it's a... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly where I was going. You've, okay. you've jumped, jumped right into it. But yeah, this is why this topic is important to us. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about the baloney detection kit. We've talked about, you know, and, and we do, we talk about art and science and we love it. Um, but we're, we're not um, experts in all of these different fields. And we talk about different things that are fascinating and interesting to us. And some things that we're just learning about. Um, and we're very much novices at, and other things that we are very well practiced and we're very experienced in. Um, but I think every time we do it, there's this, we want to be right and we want to represent things appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to overstep. And we also don't want to do, you know, 20 minutes of disclaimer on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. As much as I sometimes feel the urge to do that. But yeah. So uh, I mean, but I it's think... a dialogue about this stuff, right? This is meant to not be your definitive one stop source. And I can't imagine anyone listening. No, to this right. Would be Absolutely. Like, oh, Art and Science Punk said, you know, Fox explored Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Fox, the well, television station, explore Jupiter. Art and Science Punks is sending their own satellite to Oh, sure. To I heard Jupiter. that on Art and Science Punks. Yeah. Must be true. Must be true. Uh, and hopefully we're, we're, we're doing a, a rigorous and disciplined enough job presenting things and, and with, yeah. a, with enough sources that, that um, I mean, that's what we're like more celebrating 
science. And Which are, that's our, that's our intent. And the intersection. Yeah. So I don't know. That was what intersection? The intersection of, of how so creativity affects art, creativity affects science, science affects art. Yeah. They they go back and forth. The intersection of art and science. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was an easy one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Sometimes we are right on the same page and other times not as much. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the zone of making sure I'm not too full of it. <laughs> so, questioning everything. All right, that's fantastic. All right, well, I think we should do some picks. What do you think? I think so, and I think you should go first. Okay. I have an art well, pick tonight. In your words, tell me why we do picks. You're laughing. I am. You just are cracking me up tonight. Um, because I think it's fun to share our inspirations. I really love that, um, you know, art and science is something that's we're passionate about. We feel good about. It's important to both of us. And so it's fun to share our favorite little things. Um, I really enjoy kind of searching around, thinking about the day, thinking about the week and, you know, what was, um, something I saw or read or used or explored that really kind of connected for me. Mm. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell the people about that. And I like to share, I like to share what I like. Um, That sounds awesome. Yeah. Cool. So my pick. Yeah. You good? Uh, Did I pass? <laughs> There's no pass fail. <laughs> a lot of times I like to elaborate on that. I'm like, you know what? Why do you like picks? Why do you, why do we do this? So, cause you can, hi, cause I'm you, Rob Stenson. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to present this podcast to you. And I think that I want to do some exploration and explanation oh in here. I'm just going to sit in here. I'm going to sit in front of this podcast. Just like, just like TV's John Lasseter. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, TV's John Lasseter. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I, f- you know, for the reference on this joke, see um, Kiki's ver- Delivery Kiki, Service. See Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, yeah, anyway. Oh my God. Just, you don't even have watch the whole movie. You just have to turn on the DVD of Kiki's Delivery anyway. Service. Hi. Okay. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Kate has a pick for you. I do. I, I do just want to say Kate is a... Pl- no, I'll stop being TV's John Lasseter. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Woo. Um, my pick today, I have an art pick. And my art pick today just disappeared on my screen. But my art pick today is air dry clay. Oh. I love a good air dry clay. So, um, we like to create obviously and do art things and get yourself a bucket of this air dry clay and you can do pinch pots, make animals, um, build little things. And then I know this is going to come as a shock, but then you can just let it air dry. Uh Yeah. But you don't have to glaze it. You don't have to fire it. You don't have to bake it in the oven. You just simply let it air dry. And And we used to own a kiln. So we did. There's a lot more complicated path. There is a lot more want. complicated path, and yeah. you know. But sometimes I really miss kind of digging around and playing with clay. Mm. And um, so I love air dry clay. And then you let it dry overnight, and then you can paint it with tempera paint. Tempera 
paint are mm. the words I was saying there. Okay. So then uh, it's just, it's a really handy, flexible tool. Yeah. Making stuff. I am, and uh, let's see. Yeah, you can, you can probably, I, I mean, it's, it's like way easier than having sort of earth clay. Around, right. right. Yeah. You're I not going to make, like, but you're just going to make statues with it, right? You're not going to make a coffee mug. With air dry gotcha. clay. So you're not going to make something durable that you could use for a bunch of yeah, things. Yeah, you're not going to make like a, a functional piece of pottery with mm-hmm. it. But when you want to make a pinch pot and you are you want to create a little sculpture. Sure. Fantastic. You could make something to hold pencils maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Gotcha. All right. That's cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you have a science pick for us? I do. And I'll have a couple of I hope links. it's real science. It's... Uh, let's see. It's more Real problem solving. Science. It's more problem solving about like, I want to do a thing and then I want to see how others have, have, have done, have done said thing, have done this. And I was recently thinking through how do I make, um, sort of a, 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 a hierarchy of text sizes on a poster, Right because I want it to be readable from a certain distance. Then I want it to be really useful from a, a closer distance. And a hierarchy of text sizes. Yeah. So sometimes some folks so call just, that a font stack, right? So you didn't want to just go Helvetica 72, Helvetica 56 and Helvetica 32. That's an awesome rule of thumb, but I wanted to go, I wanted to, to poke around to see how people have solved that problem. Oh, okay. Thinking about like, you know, putting on a, a poster, right? Let's yeah. Say. So where did I you come up with those? Made those up completely. Made them up? Yeah. That's, that Science. That sounds like a pretty, <laughs> so not bad. So you, you, okay. We could say that that doing a callback to earlier, that that's a bit of, um, you, you, intuited or maybe did some design fiction <laughs> didn't know such a thing. design fiction about okay what would work on this poster maybe you would think about a whole story about what people would you know how they would be so benefited about this poster at like the distances of like 20 feet versus right, 10 feet right. versus two feet but maybe anyway and that's the that's the kind of thing i was thinking of no this. and that's a really I, I like what you're saying i just that's i was just making because honestly those font sizes you listed i'm like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, I full on made those up. So yeah, no, I wouldn't. Uh, as far as, I'm not a poster designer, but you took design for a while. You've studied a lot of things. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, I um I came across a couple of links that helped me think wrap my head around the problem. And even though they don't solve the problem for me, because what I was hoping was, is there a well tested set of heuristics? rules of thumb sure. that I could say, great, I know it's going to be so many millimeters, so many um, pixels or so many uh, points in font size. And then I can just take that and say like, yeah, use this size, that size, and this size, three different levels. And then you can do like an interesting educational poster with that, right? Cool. Yeah. Because anyway, that's one of my projects. So does this on. exist? Yeah. Is so this... no, it turns out. That um, it, you said yeah, and then you said no. I'm confused now. Well, people thinking through this problem exists, but is there like a definitive, well-tested solution? Oh, interesting. No. But guess what? You we're going to test some. Can test your own solution. <laughs> so anyway, that's what we're going to do, aren't we? 
uh, yeah, I'm going to, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my approach. I'm going to start with some of the recommendations. So tell that, me what, what do they recommend? Um, so I've, I've seen a recommendation of the, the height, the X height, which is the, the height of the letter X, the lowercase letter X in a font would be the distance of the reader over 200, right? That's a formula. I don't know where exactly where it came from. I've seen other interesting explorations of this where... Probably came from Cosmos. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because, right. I mean, Fox also solved this problem as well. Um, and I, whatever. Okay, I like the Cosmos series a lot. We right? love Neil the deGrasse Cosmos. Tyson's Co- Cosmos and, and um, also Carl Sagan's Cosmos. Yeah, we know. We course, love Cosmos. Right? Is, yeah, they're, they're great. But you know when they're works. doing a... You know they are doing storytelling to help you understand, understand yeah. you know, scientific concepts. Um, so yeah, I've got a I've got a, a link that that leads to some folks thinking on graphicdesign.stackexchange.com. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that's got a couple of formulae on it, and um, and I'll have another link too that it's just not coming. Well, up. and then maybe we'll um, do some testing. We I'll take some pictures of us doing some testing, right? And you can stand Sounds 20, like a good exercise. 20 feet away from the poster and And so part of it is to like I I think when when someone is defining these kinds of things, they don't want to come under um like authoritative legal risk or what have you, right? Where if you because a lot of times, well, one of the cases is just, hey, there's a poster in a room. Other cases, there's a poster in a hall. Other cases, there's a there's a sign on a road. And all of a sudden, lit risks go up a lot higher. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, signs so, on roads. I will tell you, there's some terrible billboards out there. Yes. Oh, crash my car. I'm like, what is yeah. that saying? No, mm-hmm. You couldn't possibly read that. And I get more distracted by not what the message of it is trying to say, but how poorly designed it is. I'm like, what were they thinking when they did that? But exactly, anyway. and that—that's—that's that's the, that's the thing. We, we won't be testing it under that. No, we just want to do some posters. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, anyway, that's my pick. I'll, I'll I'll send some links to this. So it's thinking through, through like font sizes. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great pick. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, now I think that wraps us up for today. Thanks for listening and being a part of our Art and Science Punks community. Robbie, where can the people find us online? We are Art and Science Punks on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. And you can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm, where you can also sign up for our upcoming newsletter. Um, And we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. And I am Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. (laughs) Keep building, making, and sharing. Why is that funny? (laughs) It's not. What's funny is you said that I intuited something, Uh and it came out you intuited. And I immediately went, no, I didn't. (coughs) And I immediately went, no, I didn't. And you just kept going.